درود به مردم شریف ایران من شهریار افشار هستم میزبان شما در پالیتکس 365 امروز یکی از اکتیویستای خیلی فعال جامعه را به برنامه دعوت کردیم که در شبکه تیک تاک خیلی فعال اسم حیدش استفاده نمی کنیم اما اگه برین شبکه تیک تاک و برای اسم پرژن سلطان بگردین ایشونو پیدا میکنین واقعا یکی از دلایلی که من میخواستم یکی از افرادهای فعال جامعه رو بیارم تو این برنامه اینه که این جنبش ملی چندین نوع فرم داره و در چندین شبکه های مختلف مبارزین صبح تا شب دارن برنامه تهیه میکنن ویدیو تهیه میکنن آدیو تهیه میکنن و تمام به اصطلاح تا که میتونن تمام حوادثی که در ایران داره میفته در خارج ایران که برای دیاسپورا برای ایرانی مقام خارج و بر ایرانی مقام ایران مهمه این دوستان عزیزان تهیه میکنن وقت خودشون رو میذارن داوطلب میکنن برای وقتایی که دارن یه برنامه خیلی جالبی درست میکنن و واقعا آدم با این چند ثانیه ای که با این دوستان روی تیک تاک یا فیسبوک اینستاگرام وقت میذارین خیلی یاد میگیرین فقط به اصطلاح یه نوع هنر نیست واقعا یه نوع ادویکیشن در مورد خیلی موضوعی پیچیده ای که وقتی به ایران نگاه میکنین و تمام اخبار و خبرهایی که از ایران میاد به جای اینکه اون چند ثانیه رو سی این این یا یه وبسایتی به طور مختصر ببینین جریان چیه اگه این دوستان ما مثل پرژن سلطان رو در تیک تاک فالو کنین میتونین یه ذره بیشتر آگاه بشین یه ذره بیشتر بفهمین که جریان چیه پشت پرده چیه و یکی از واقعا هم پرژن سلطان یک کارشناس تمام موضوع فایننس و مالیه پس فقط یه به اصطلاح یه اکتیویست فعال نیست رو شبه که یه کارشناسی که واقعا به قول معروف این نوز باید تاکنگ بر پس من هم تمام مدت ها تمام سال پیش سعادت داشتم که با ایشون آشنا بشم و فالو کنم روی تیک تاک و واقعا یاد بگیرم که این اخبارهایی که ما شاید ببینیم از ایران میاد بیرون ایشون یه ذره بیشتر به اصطلاح جستجو میکنه و واقعا میتونه موضوع خیلی به طور خیلی واضح به ما توضیح بده خلاصه میخواستم دعوت کنم و گفتم اسم حقیقه رو استفاده نمی کنیم اما دعوت کنم ایشون رو به برنامه یه ذره خودشون بگن که چطور شد که تو این شبکه فعال شدن هدفشون چیه و من میریم دنبال چند تا از موضوعی که پروژن سلطان بررسی کرده مثلا نظر بانکی این پولایی که از آمریکا داره به ایران میره به اصطلاح میدونید تو سیاست آمریکا همیشه میگن فالو دی مانی و ایشون هم واقعا یک کسیه که از فالوینگ دی مانی و متاسفانه تو هر دولتی نگاه کنین پول و اثری که دولت رو پول دارن و سیاست زیاد از هم دیگه دور نیست پس واقعا این موضوع سیاسیه اما خب اثرش مالیه بگذاریم از این موضوع آقای پرژین سلطان خوش اومدین به برنامه به دوستان بگم که این بخش از برنامه به انگلیسی تهیه شده اما هر سوال چیت فارسی هم داشتیم میتونیم لابلاش به فارسی هم نگه اشاره کنیم اما این چند دقیقه که با هم وقت داریم به انگلیسی پشن کنیم خوش آمدین پرژین سلطان مرسی دستم درد نکنم فارسی من اونطوری خوب نیست و مومی فورد یه ذره انگلیسی سوال کنیم از مور نچو ولی دست درد نکنم مرسی دعوت کردی این شبه 
conversation خوب با هم دیگه داشته باشیم بیگز مور نالج اند انفورمیشن اپ تو دی پیپل مرسی مرسی سو tell me i mean tell me about especially a lot of people are focused on the 6 billion dollars uh somebody told us 9 billion but it, it's 6 billion dollars going to iran uh, explain a little bit about the money uh, uh i've seen you re- do some reports on uh, articles that uh, that was discussed on uh, social media you did some analysis that i thought that was excellent analysis as to the source of the money the characters the personalities behind it the the bureaucracy behind it uh, it's just very convoluted issue and i think the more we can explain uh, this money where it came from where it's going i think the more public service we can provide yeah, absolutely thank you for that question so um as as you mentioned so eloquently in your in your opening um i have a background in finance i've i've worked for very large multinational conglomerates um i might have a degree in finance so i understand the nuance and the detail Of, of the structure of, of a money deal and and basically how it flows. So the $6 billion is very fascinating to me because I, I started realizing certain things, knowing how the Iranian economy works and understanding that somebody from the United States might look at it and say, well, it's just strictly humanitarian because that's how the deal was structured. The deal was structured to say, it's only going to humanitarian aid. There's going to be a third party neutral person that was going to say, all right, money goes to there and I can control it. But it's not that simple. The Iranian economy is basically a planned economy. It's 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 a reactive economy. So it's like the mullahs have control over everything. It's like an octopus. And having that money going to Qatar is one, a big red flag. And two, the the, the um, world economy dollar, the dollar is a world economy, right? It's, it's what is used currency wise. The treasury controls that. So the treasury in the United States controls where the dollar goes, can verify it, can trace it. As soon as they take it out of South Korea, because that's where it's stored. So let me take a step back. So South Korea froze about $6 billion of Iranian oil revenue, uh, $6 billion U.S. dollars. And um, United States issued sanctions to close any kind of revenue. Now, it's been sitting there for a while. They went through a lot of legal up and down. Anyways, through a deal, supposedly, that was done when they released Iranian, um, sorry, um, American prisoners, the Biden administration released $6 billion dollars Uh, to Iran. Now, Iran said, all right, well, let's convert it into euros. Now, the reason why they convert it into euros is because the Fed cannot control, the Treasury, excuse me, cannot control euros. It can control American dollar. So that's one, one red flag, wow. right? And then the second red flag is going to Qatar. So Qatar is supposedly a third party neutral that would control everything. That's absolutely incorrect. A simple analysis will say, There are two main figures in the banking sector in uh, Iran and Qatar. The Qatar person, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but it's a very easy Google search. The guy in Iran is like Mohammed Farzad is the guy that's the head of the banking sector in IC's administration. These two meet every month and they control bilateral agreements economically between Qatar and Iran. And then there's a Iranian bank in Qatar. So an Iranian actually owned bank. In Qatar. So these are all flags that obviously none of this is going to humanitarian aid. The Iranian economy is in shambles, right? 100 plus inflation. Oil is is being sold dirt cheap. Gas is nowhere in existence. Commodities are nothing. The Iranian economy is crap, but the mullahs are still making money. So obviously it's, it's not going down to the Iranian person. So I wanted to draw attention to that and realize to the average 
Iranian that doesn't follow it like I do or the average American, this is a big red flag. And this is a presetter to other large deals that probably the Biden administration is going to push, predominantly the nuclear deal. So uh, obviously Qatar, Iran, you know, um, a lot of these smaller Middle Eastern countries are very scared of Iran. Yes. Right. I mean, they feel like they're under Iran's thumb. So they they are acting as proxies for a lot of these issues. So as you explained, banking system in Qatar and, and Iran, you can't even tell it apart. One question I guess I had was, is six billion dollars going to make a difference in the Iranian uh, economy like, or, or the country? I mean, if you're a crooked government, <laughs> six billion or six million, I mean, like what what? How will that impact them, their budgetary? So, so that's a really good question because the budget that IAC pushed in, in um, the new year, so Persian New Year Nuruz is, is the official fiscal year for Iran, right? So March 21st, it starts the fiscal year. IAC put in a ridiculous budget of 51 billion, equivalent to 51 billion American dollars. Now, let me give you a little bit of insight into that. There is a way to measure economic output by saying, what is a liquid, uh, currency in the market. Uh, so basically how much cash is available in the market. There, there is 51 billion, way more than the actual Iranian real that people switch back and forth. And then the way he wanted to close that BS <laughs> uh, budget is he says, we're going to sell a lot more oil than we can sell. And then we're just going to print money over and over again. So now if you have excess amount of money, it creates inflation pressure because now people have a lot more money to spend. And then selling oil is ridiculous because they don't sell oil because they're on heavy sanctions. And if they do, they're selling it to China at like 40% market value. So that, that amount of deficit that you create with your budget, $6 billion, is not going to do nothing to it. People are not going to, it's not going to trickle down to the average Iranian that's struggling and, and can't buy meat, can't buy potatoes. It's not going to trickle down to them because what's going to happen is by the time it gets into Iran, let's assume there's going to be humanitarian aid, right? I use this example in one of my videos. Say I, you buy a bunch of needles and you want to give it to a hospital, right? So it goes through a process where it comes in, some company buys it. That company is owned by some mola. Then he's going to take a chunk of that. Then it's going to trickle down to some transportation. They're going to take a chunk of that. Then it's going to move over to the hospital and they're going to say, well, I bought it. You have to pay me for it now. Now I, I'm going to raise it ridiculously high. So at the end, nothing goes to them. So it makes no difference whatsoever. All it does is fatten the mullah's pockets and then just in, in, in gets them to fund terror, gets them to push out BS uh, uh, issues to other countries. It makes no difference to the average. You know. So this uh, $6 billion contribution, perhaps as you're saying, the first of more to come. Yeah. Uh, so people should be prepared for uh, this kind of, uh, you know, oh, if we did it once, Nobody really objected. The world kept spinning. Let's just keep doing it. And basically, from a U.S. political perspective, let's buy our way out of this issue with Iran. Let's just keep showering them with billions of dollars uh, and, and buy our way. Because we don't want to conflict. It seems like to me, they don't want to conflict with Iran. They don't want an issue with Iran. Uh, and throwing money at the problem and buying a few hostages seems like the way. This seems like the uh, from a public standpoint, that seems like what their uh, public stance is, right? And and the other side of what you're saying is, of course, and I think you confirm what everyone's worst fear is, that the $6 billion certainly doesn't get to the average Iranian. Uh, it only seems like it's covering financial mismanagement. So it's like a, 
like a credit card, you know, like you overspend for your household budget uh, by several billion dollars with mismanagement, dropped in oil prices, God knows what, uh, uh, spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars off your border to build masjids and, 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 and got, you know, forget the military, just, just so much there. I think they, I heard that they built a, um, a, a water filtration plant in Karbala. You know, meanwhile, <laughs> Iran is like, is you don't have Kameh, there's a problem. Yeah. They're building water filtration plants in yeah. another country. So that kind of covers up, buys them a little bit of time, right? When you got money in the bank, it seems like politically, you got a little bit more to trade with. So this certainly helps the regime uh, take a breath for however long $6 billion gets you yeah. uh, and then demonstrate to the foreign powers that, hey, keep it coming, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. keep going. Um, the, you know, that's frustrating to watch, you know, because the, the past year with Mahsa Amini's uh, uh coming up uh, next month in September, uh, I think the diaspora and a lot of Iranians, the 8, 10 million of us outside of Iran, really wanted to see the fruits of our labor, uh, the, the fruits of uh, the conversations and the protests and uh, so many Iranians from Australia to New Zealand to Canada to Europe have gone to their legislators and protested all of these things. But apart from lip service and, and some nice speeches and maybe Jill Biden giving the Academy Award to, to you know, uh, the, the, the Grammy, um, I haven't seen any policy changes. Have, have you noticed it? I mean, from a, let's look at it from a financial perspective. Have you seen any political reorientation uh, anywhere in the past year? Uh, nothing extreme, nothing that would affect. Uh, the only thing that would have uh, been not so much policy, but these sanctions that are going towards them, which are makes blessing in itself. Uh, but uh, with respect to any kind of major policy, the only one that, that I'm aware of uh, I, in Europe was trying to register the, the IRGC as a terrorist organization, which would have hit them financially which that didn't happen, which was a weird situation in itself because a little bit of analysis would have determined that it was possible. There was the head, I don't remember his name right now, but the head of the kind of legal division in the European Union said it's not possible because of legal issues, but it is. That's a different discussion. And then uh, the MASA Act in Congress, that's right now that's in Senate, that would make an effect as well um, because it would register them as an uh, as a uh, Paris organization, it would sanction the actual entities that are affecting uh, the transfer, not necessarily this random person in in the army or that random person. You got to attack the entities itself, the banking sectors, the transfer back and forth, uh, the uh, transfers. All those things make a big difference, and that's what the Massa Act would do um, uh, if it does pass. If it does right now, it seems like it's on hold in the Senate. It hasn't really yes. moved out of there. Uh, and the Mass Act, uh, for everyone's benefit, is really trying to sanction the offices of the yes. regime rather than the individuals, uh, which really, from a uh, sanction standpoint, takes a little bit of power away from the U.S. president because the U.S. president uh, gets to selectively choose uh, who to sanction when he wants to. But when it's a when it's the law, when it's legislation, and if it gets passed and the president signs it, then it's the law. Like the, then there's it's not no discretionary decision making involved. Right. Whether I want to sanction you or right, it's like the law. Right. Um, so I hope it moves forward. But 
Uh, I just don't have a lot of confidence that Biden will uh, will sign it because I haven't seen any uh, strong uh, statements from him to demonstrate that he's willing to stand with the Iranian people. Um, in the couple of minutes we have left, you know, uh, how do you see really, what do you see coming in the next few months? I mean, what do you see from a priority standpoint, either from the diaspora, news from Iran, uh, especially financial uh, issues? Uh, uh, what should the community be watching? Um, I think there's a multiple of, of facets that I, I, I think people should pay attention to. One, it should continue talking about it, right? Because the, the news uh, outlets talk about it on a split second, a segment. Uh, the average American, the average Iranian should continue talking about it. I have no uh, you know, say in Iran or what happens, but the fact is that I uh, respect everybody and their opinion, but I still want to get information out. Keep talking about it, no matter what, as long as it was it was great at one moment and then it got a lot of attention and then it died out. And then the only people that are talking about it are people like you and I, which which we want to draw attention to it. Also, you know, j just don't take um, a news as a defeat. So if something is said that, you know, there's been six billion dollars that got released, a lot of people are like, all right, it's done. Now the regime is not going anywhere. This is not a, a sprint. It's a marathon, marathon. As, they, as they say. So continue be positive in that approach, listen to people, get information out there and try to get people outside of diaspora to actually pay attention as well. I get asked a lot, what can I do as an average American? Well, continue talking about it. All this stuff that people think are useless, hashtags save lives, they actually have. Uh, send uh, information out to uh, your congressman, your senator, draw attention, continue talking about it and get information out. Uh, I think if we continue down that path, you know, it, it will shift the way that we think about it. And this the one year anniversary of Massa's uh, death is gonna have another big upward. There's gonna be a lot of mass demonstration in Iran and all that information is coming out and the news is not talking about it. So it's up to us to make sure that people hear it. So, so that's what I'm hopeful for. And that's what I'm thinking that it will continue down that path if we keep bringing attention to it. Right, excellent advice. It's activism 101. Don't get discouraged, no meet machine. ادامه بدین همه حرفایی که میزنین و مخصوصا اگه تا اونجایی که بتونیم خارجی ها رو آمریکایی ها خارجی ها و انگلیس زبان ها رو به سال ادویکیت بکنیم تا اونجایی که میتونیم با ما خدامون به فارسی حرف میزنیم و تو دنیای خودمونیم با فارسی خب خدامون میدونیم چه خبره اما تا اونجایی که میتونیم به سال میگیم اون the silent majority the great vast you know not only Iranians haven't gotten involved but really Americans and uh, English speakers that benefit, I think, from your program or watching your uh, analysis on TikTok. Persian Sultan, yek dunya tashakur, yek dunya sepaskazaram az vaxte zahmated az hemmated. Vagan kari ke dare mikoni bara jamay Iran khali muhame is objective education. I know you don't have like a slant. Of course, we all support the Iranian people, but I love it when I see objective, good uh, analysis because then people can make their own judgments, right? right? And and finance, you know, it doesn't lie. You can't, <laughs> right? What is it we say? You're entitled to your own opinion, not your own facts. Right. And financial right. facts are, are, are just indisputable. And when you kind of shed light uh, into it, especially international finance, which is just a very complicated thing, as you just described, uh, I think the community and the larger uh, uh, peace-loving uh, world benefits. So, Yekdunatashakor, President Sultan, please come back. 
We love what you're doing. And if, That's and if you, you want to follow Persian Sultan, go to TikTok, look for Persian Sultan, and you'll see this good looking young man talking about <laughs> Iran all day long. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your help and everything that you do. That's an icon. Merci.